Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. On today's episode, I get to, to invite back uh, the only person that I've messed up their title and the name of their company. And uh, what's what's incredible about it is this is actually one of the, the most listened to uh, podcasts in the history of, of our show. Uh, and I, I'm so, so, so honored to have Cassie Pike back on the, uh, on the show. And she is the senior... Vice President of Guest Services for Cielo. So welcome to the show, Cassie. Thank you, Kelly. It's really nice to be here. <laughs> I told you that I was going to tell you the subject when we started the show, and you just laughed at it. Why is that? How, how are you able to uh, roll into a situation and, and be prepared? What, what steps do you take to get yourself uh, uh, ready for any impact that's coming? Mm. Well, depending on the situation, I sometimes like to listen to music. I didn't get a chance to do that today because I was kind of back to back. So just a mental reset. So just take a minute, take a deep breath, what they want to hear. So in this case, it was, he just wants to hear the real Cassie. So let's roll with it. Can't make any mistakes with that. <laughs> I love the real Cassie. Like the, the last episode, how I got into Michigan State for one penny. I mean, it was incredible. I learned so much about you. I mean, we've known each other for uh, so many years, um, but I got to learn so much about you during that time. Um, when you talk about, as far as music, tell us about a song that, like, if you're going into a, a board meeting where you need to, like, you need to handle business. What is the song you're listening to? Uh, I definitely pull on some gangster rap, but probably Kid Rock. Which so, song? Tell me the I, song and tell me the lyrics. Cause I want to, like, I was just listening to uh, John Legend today and it was uh, used to love you. And he said, uh, maybe Puffy, maybe Jay-Z would all be better for you. Cause all I can do is love you. And what it, what it told me this morning, I get goosebumps when I say it, because what it told me was, is there sometimes we're doing things in life where we say we want something, but we do not have the currency to be able to pay the price, to be able to have that thing. And sometimes we need to pass it on to Puffy or Jay-Z and we need to go at our purpose as opposed to the thing that we want. What are the things, what are those lyrics that from Kid Rock that, that are making you jump up and down <laughs> tell me um, you can cuss too cassie with the ball, the bang. literally the, <laughs> my name is kid so obviously i'm singing his lyrics but it's for me super motivating like just be who you are i've seen him play a million times i always say it's the white trash side of me and i love it and i scream and i dance and i jump up and down and so that's literally what whether i'm doing it physically or mentally that's what i'm doing when i get ready for a meeting or a conversation maybe that i haven't had in a while what about when you need to go in and you need to uh, play smooth cassie listening cassie that is gonna listen and then drop a bomb and then peel back a little bit what are you listening to (laughs) Um, I actually don't listen to music. I go to a meditation app like Calm. So I'm not very good at being quiet and being still. The 15 seconds of awkward silence leading into this is like all I can do to sit still. So even 10 minutes of meditation with one of those apps makes all the difference for me. So when you're work, I mean, when you're that type of person that, and that's what I've always admired about you. Like, I mean, you go hard in the paint. Like, well, you, you, and I don't care what situation it is. If you're going to a pool party in Vegas, um, you're going hard in the paint. Um, if you're in the boardroom, you're going hard in the paint. Um, if you're, if you're loving somebody and I've watched this with you, if you're loving somebody, you're going hard in the paint. 
Mm-hmm. How is it that, I mean, have you just learned to, that that's who you are or have you learned to temper it? Or do you even think it's good to temper something like that? Mm. That is a great question. So going all in, there is no tempering it. Like I don't do anything half ass, right? So personally, professionally, whatever your examples are, I'm a little <laughs> hesitant what examples are going to come up. But um, so I don't think there's any holding back that, but I definitely think that there's a time and a place for everything, right? And so when I am mentoring people, um, might be working with some of the leaders on my team, we definitely spend time talking about um, you need to be you. You've got to be your authentic self. Don't be afraid to bring that. But you can modify how you communicate in a given situation and how you show up. Because if I show up all in, like if I walk in the board meeting and I just sing Kid Rock, right? I just lost all credibility. It's not going to work. Now, if I show up all in who I am and being confident, that can still work, right? So there's ways that you can temper it. I don't think you hold it back, but you do have to modify for the situation. I just heard a, a conversation. A person that you need to meet is Justin Breen. You guys are, you, I mean, you you guys are going to connect. Uh, it, it's amazing. He's a very simple guy, um, and he wants to get directly to the point. Like when he hears a wordy person, he says, back it off. I'm a three-year-old explain it to me now. And he literally just wants to get to the meat. He's always talking about being able to get to the the meat of things. And what he was talking about today was um, a lot of the world is coaching. And when they're coaching, a lot of the coaches haven't done what they're talking about. What I love about you, Cassie, is that you are a coach almost reluctantly, like people come to you as a resource, but you're not putting yourself out there as a coach. You're just doing it. Talk to Mm -hmm. us about the difference between somebody saying, Oh, this is what you need to do and actually just doing it and having people come at you for advice. Yeah. So I think, you know, everything in life's a journey, but that's been a journey too. So even in coaching or leadership, I used to feel like I had to be the subject matter expert in order to be able to help someone with something. I have a little bit of OCD and I have really high expectations about things. And so I have to like be the expert. And I've definitely learned over time that I have to be willing and able to roll up my sleeves and stand next to anyone that I'm trying to help. But that doesn't mean I have to have done exactly what they're doing. When it So for example, like systems at work, right? So I hate details, but once I get in the details, I can't get out of them. I am like all in. And so the technology platform that powers our business, we're transitioning to a new um, Cielo Town Club. It's super exciting, but I'm consciously talking about the fact that I won't be an expert on the system because if I go that deep then I'm not playing the role I need to play. When it comes to mentoring people or helping people, you know, you can stand up and talk about anything. I can say on this podcast and I can say anything that I'm going to say. If there's no story that goes with it, if they can, if people can't relate to how I experience that, then it doesn't really have any value. So I think that, and I didn't maybe see myself that way. It just came to be because it was authentic, right? I was just having experiences And when you have the experiences, then it's not so hard to share them. Here we go again with the shameless promotion. This episode is also brought to you by Piper Diamonds for all your jewelry needs. My necklace that I get complimented all over the country and all over the world, uh, my pennant was made by 
Piper Diamonds Company. This place is absolutely phenomenal. When you're looking for that special something for that special someone, Piper Diamonds is the only answer. It's piperdiamonds.co. And it's also brought to you by Kelly Cardenas Salon in Las Vegas and in Chicago. This is top-level service, guys, without the ego and hands down the greatest shampoo experience that you will ever have in your life. This will create uh, an evangelistic uh, type experience. You will be talking about this for years and years to come. The wash house, uh, completely separate area, com- uh, different sound system, soundproofed, head, neck, and shoulder massage. You will be over the moon with your experience and you can uh, schedule your appointment at kellycardinasalon.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. How were you able to find your gifts? Uh, well, I think some of my gifts I maybe didn't readily accept or appreciate necessarily. Um, a lot of experience, a lot of trial and error and um, a lot of introspection. So for me, there are lots of things I'm not good at. Let me give you an example. Crafting creative work of any sort, and I don't just mean scrapbooking. I mean like decorating my house, anything. Like I have a beautiful office. I hired someone to do it for me because I'm not good at that. And so I sometimes kid myself, well, I can handle that. I mean, anyone can do. So the example is we finished our basement last year. Andrew's bar, he loves it, but we had never gotten shelves and we need some shelves. And so there's this cool company that's run by like a, a veteran and his wife and they make shelves. And I was like, well, this is perfect, right? So they make these floating shelves. And so I order the shelves and I get the right color. Well, the first mistake is I go to pick them up and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, I only ordered four shelves and I needed six. I needed two, two and two of a different size. I was like, well, I can fix that. I solve problems and I can fix that. I can tell her I need two more. That wasn't the biggest problem. We got home. Thankfully, my brother was in town because you might know your friend who is my husband is not any handier than I am. And so my brother was here and we're like, hey, I know you think you're here to take the boys skiing and go to a couple basketball games. What do you think about hanging a couple shelves? So he comes down, looks at the shelves. He's like, great. Okay. What are you going to put on the shelves? And I was like, well, we're going to put barware on these shelves and we're going to put all the liquor bottles on these shelves so we can put a camera. So our kid who's in middle school, when he starts thinking about getting in there, we we can witness it. And he's like, (laughs) on these floating shelves, you're going to put all those heavy bottles. And I was like, well, yeah, they're long enough. And I thought it was really smart. I'm like, you can get two studs. I'm like talking the lingo and thinking I've got it figured out. Yeah. So to make a long story short, we had to take a trip to the hardware store and buy metal brackets to reinforce all the ways that it was being hung in the wall. I'm not going to pretend I understand because literally if we had hung it on the wall and put even like three bottles, it would have just fallen down and crashed. And I said, listen, here's another example. I keep trying to step out of my lane and think this is simple. This is easy. Anyone can figure out how to hang a couple of floating shelves. And I'm so grateful that he was here and that he averted it because it would have been a really big disaster. So uh, I think that leads us right into what I wanted to talk about with you is, is culture. You've created a culture in your company. You've created a culture around you that, that allows Cassie to be Cassie at 100%. That takes crazy leadership. It takes amazing skill. And I've admired this about you. So talk to us about the, the way to be able to empower people. So, I mean, it, it's a twofold situation. 
One, you empower people to, to work towards what they are great at. And the other, it really frees you up to be Cassie and not have to hang the shelves in the basement and, and do the thing. Talk to us about this because I think there's so many companies out there that founder CEOs can't get out of their own way in this situation. Well, I will say I'm, I'm very fortunate. I work for a company, our CEO and founder, Sue Mark, completely and wholly supports being yourself and bringing your whole self to work personally and professionally. So I didn't have to come create that opportunity here. Now, I was actually doing a timeline for some folks recently and, and discovered that I've worked for seven companies in 24 years that I've been working. I know I don't look like I could have been working that long, but it's true. And all the companies weren't that way, right? But now I work for a company that definitely is. And I think the principles are really still the same about how you do that, right? You create a safe space for people, right? So by being who I am, which is super open, super transparent, but I'm also really vulnerable. When I screw stuff up, I tell my team that I screw stuff up and that gives them the ability to be able to do the same thing, right? So, and it's also um, integrity and trust over time, right? So lots of people have integrity, meaning I'm not a bold-faced liar, but does that really translate into when I tell you that it's okay to make a mistake that you feel like it's okay to make a mistake when that mistake happens? And so I think by being really clear with people about that, but then showing them that's the case, then it becomes just sort of the reputation. So like in the company that I work for now, um, listen, people know exactly what they're going to get if they want to come work in my portfolio and on my team. And for lots of people, that's a great value proposition. I'm pretty sure there's a few people that are hiding away somewhere in a corner and like, yeah, that's not my game. So talk to us uh, two, twofold to uh, a company that's just starting out and wants mm -hmm. to build a foundation for their culture. And then there's the side that a company gets in and they're almost surprised by their success. I just had a, uh, I was just talking with someone the other day and I mean, they, they had, uh, they had started their company. They just went at it. And because they were, uh, you know, they had that mindset, they created success, but in the success that they created, they got to a point and they turned around and looked and said, this isn't really what I wanted. It's just what I did on the particular day. So let's talk to both of mm -hmm. those. The, uh, what are some of the foundational mm -hmm. steps to build a culture in the first place? If you're just starting out your business, what would you do mm -hmm. if you came into a, a brand new business that way? Well, so I've been doing a lot of reflection lately on what makes me happy and what makes me successful and like, what is my recipe? And my recipe is not necessarily your recipe or someone else's, but I came up with five G's and I think it applies to the situation because the first is be exceptionally grateful. And so big things, small things and everything you're learning along the way. And the way I think it applies to what you're talking about here or the question that you asked is, so if you're coming in, you, you don't have a whole lot of anything going on. Probably don't have any people around you, right? You don't have a lot of help. So showing genuine gratitude for every role that people play and helping you get there because everybody plays a different role. But then I think it applies in that company where you come in and you're like, wait a minute, this isn't quite what I want it to be. You can be grateful for employees or outcomes or situations that got you to where you are and recognize that's not what gets you to where you're going, right? So really be able to recognize that, 
express gratitude for, for the folks that maybe don't fit what you're going for in the future. Of course, if you defined it and you're being clear about what it is, um, be really, really generous is my second G. So be generous with your time, be generous with your talent and be generous with your money. So I don't just mean the other stuff. Um, Andrew gives me a little bit of a hard time. He likes to tell the joke that I'm the only person he knows that was tithing to a church that we didn't go to anymore. And when I'm doing it, that means actually we're doing it. But it was like, listen, we have resources and we have gifts here in our possession that other people don't have. And so give generously and while you figure the rest of it out. I think what I've learned in the last few years is that so many people are waiting for a time or circumstance or an experience to start doing that and give like crazy in the meantime, including to the employees, the people, it doesn't always mean money. Um, when you're talking about building a culture, listen, I work for a company that is a mid-sized business. Uh, what we do is we hire people and we put them in jobs. And this pandemic meant that earlier, well, not this year, I guess 2020, um, feels like the longest year ever. And there was a point in time when most of our clients weren't hiring at all. That means we just get any revenue, right? So um, that means things like dollars for a pay increase. I mean, that stuff's all really limited. And so you've got to decide what your value proposition is that you can provide to these people. And that becomes part, part of your culture, right? So the value proposition, what are they going to get out of it? That's not just about money um, that would be of benefit to them. The third G, it's almost like I knew you were going to ask this question. So you were trying to trick me. Um, Surround yourself with really great people. Surround yourself with great people at work. Surround yourself with great people personally. Um, it makes all the difference in the world. First of all, you can't win by yourself, and it wouldn't be very fun anyway. But second of all, surround yourself with people that aren't just like you thinking just like you. Like, listen, it's fun because you and I have stories and people in common, and we like some of the same music, but I don't just surround myself with people who are like me. When it comes to work, I intentionally look for hiring people, hiring leaders for my team who have a different background, who have a different experience, and who think about things differently than I do. So great people are what make all the difference. And listen, you got to clean out your friends list from time to time. And I don't just mean unfollowing people on social media during the political elections. I really mean like, who are you spending your time with? I've, uh, I've had more free time than normal, not traveling in the last year. But I've actually found myself even more selective about what I'm choosing to spend my time on and, and what I'm doing. Um, my fourth G is see the good. So one of my superpowers and I, I have a little bit of an idea how I got it, but I can see the good in any situation, no matter how crappy it is, no matter how hard it is, I can always see the good in it. And when you can do that, then you see the path forward. It doesn't feel like an obstacle anymore. It doesn't get in your way. You can truly get through anything. And then I know you'll be really surprised to say, that, or surprised to hear that the fifth G that I came up with, although it can't be 5G because that like sounds like internet or something, <laughs> is uh, go all in. So there's no time like the present to go all in whatever you're doing. And you obviously know me well, whether it's personal, professional, um, whatever I'm doing, I'm going to go all in. 
Another pause for station identification and shameless promotion. This episode is also brought to you by Finley Cars of Las Vegas. I tell you, a next level in the car buying experience, and not only that, but the life of your car, the service that you're going to uh, experience is incredible. It's Finley Volvo Cars uh, LV.com. And also brought to you by uh, Bling Shine Serum, the only product on the market that will add weightless moisture, strength, and shine, and the only uh, product that has the endorsement of my mama. When I showed her all the features and benefits, she smelled it and she said, this is the greatest product that you've ever done. And I thought, mom, do you not uh, look at the features and benefits? She said, no, if it smells like that, it must work. And I tell you, every single woman needs a little bit of bling in their life. And this can be purchased at kellycardinasalon.com. So talk to, let's dig into the value proposition, because I think that mm-hmm. one of my buddies, his name is Frank Gambuza, was telling me, he said he was hiring uh, somebody and his wife listened to the, uh, the interview and mm-hmm. he, he went all in and uh, she, he asked her, how did I do in the interview? She said, you did awful. And he was like, wait, wait a second. Why? Uh-huh. And she said, because all you did was list off all the reasons why the woman would want to be here and none of the reasons why they wouldn't want to. Ooh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I, I pulled back. So mm-hmm. as a, as a company and as a culture that's loving, that's open, that wants you to be authentic yourself, how, tell us about the, 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 the two sides, the value proposition, but also like, these are the things that you're going to have to, you know, work in when, and, and just to, I mean, you, you understand where I'm going, but Frank said something that really changed my life. And he said, life is, he said, life is like a grocery store. And when you go in, you get to pick anything you want, mm-hmm. put it in your basket. But when mm-hmm. you get to the front, there's a price to pay for anything you put in your basket. And if you're not willing to pay the price, you can't have the thing in your basket. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about value proposition and mm-hmm. the, the, the other side part of it mm-hmm. and how important those things are. For sure. So I learned a long time ago as a recruiter. So this is like my trade, right? Is we recruit people for jobs. We help find people jobs and career opportunities. And so I learned a long time ago that if you try to talk somebody out of a job and you can't, chances are pretty good that they're going to be a good fit for that job. Um, That goes man, way back, like to my PetSmart days. We did a lot of that sort of work. And so, I mean, it's a balancing act, but you talk about our culture. We are definitely a company where um, most everyone goes all in. It is supportive, bring your whole self, but it is also super fast paced, hard charging. Our expectations are not just mine, like in our business and how we run our business are super high. So here's what I found is you got to balance both sides of the equation. So first of all, Um, maybe your guy, Frank didn't do as bad as his wife thought, because I believe every person should leave an interview feeling good. And it sounds like maybe he made that (laughs) candidate feel good. So whether you want to hire him or not, they need to feel good. We love you, Frank. (laughs) So, um, in addition to that though, you gotta, you gotta have some, some balance here. So my strategy when I'm talking to people is build some rapport Let them talk about something that they want, like that makes them feel good. That makes them feel proud. That makes them feel comfortable. You know, don't ask a bunch of softball questions. We're not softball environment, right? So be real about it, but uh, also talking through with people what the challenging sides are, right? So I'm not afraid to sell, the positive parts of the value proposition, but also talk the flip side of it. Um, I actually remember when I was interviewing here and one of the people that I was interviewing with, um, 
And I was, I was what we call a passive candidate. I was not looking for a new job. I, in fact, was a bit reluctant about changing jobs. And so we had a bunch of conversations as kind of actually the initial recruit, like unfolded over a year. But now it's, I'm there, I'm on site in their offices. Did I mention they look like an 80s law office show? Like, we're not the fanciest in terms of our building. Um, we've upgraded a little bit in the last five years. But anyway, so I'm in this interview, and I won't say who it was with because she actually might listen to this podcast, including people who know her. But literally, she's like, so what else would make this attractive to you? And and we're talking through some of those things. Like, what would make you change jobs. She said, so is there anything else that would make you happy? And I'm like, well, it would be awesome if I didn't have to work 70 hours a week anymore. And she's like, yeah, I can't promise that. And so we talked about it. It doesn't mean every work week is 70 hours, but when you travel a ton for work, you know this, Kelly, I mean, your days are long. There's a lot of investment. And I actually, that told me so much, not just about her, but about the company culture. She was not going to sell me on what I wanted to hear. I mean, listen, if she told me it was 40 hours a week, I wouldn't have believed her. But it would have been nice to hear it was a 50-hour-a-week job, right? But the truth is, I still took it. And I, I understood more about the culture in that moment that she's going to be real with me and tell me what it is. And when you're taking care of clients and that's your business, you know, it's not going to be a 40-hour-a-week job. Talk to us about some of the maintenance parts of, of having a, it sounds like you guys' uh, company has a, a very healthy culture, a growth culture, but you guys know exactly mm-hmm. what you are. You're hard charging, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You don't go there if you're going to be like, oh, you know, I want to do yoga halfway through the day and I want to work two hours a day and, you know, spend time, uh, you know, clipping plants. Um, that's probably not, you're probably not going to work with your company. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to us about some of the, the structures that you guys have put in place to keep that culture moving and, and growing and mm-hmm. maybe what someone else can put in play in their place. Yeah, that's actually a great question. There's no plant clipping around our place. So that's a good <laughs> observation. Um, our culture. So we do. Some, so I have a really unique position. So we work with lots of really, really big companies. And we help them do their hiring, right? We're an extension of them. How, and how so, big are companies, Cassie? When you say real big companies, talk to our listeners about the size of companies because I like to brag about you. And so if I ask the question, it's not you bragging. So talk to us about the size of companies that you're working with. Well, I mean, all the really big companies. Like Walmart's my customer. We support okay. corporate hiring for Walmart, the biggest employer in the entire world. Okay, cool. I just, I just like to, I just like to give those, uh, you know, shout outs to my girl. So uh. a little context. Um, <laughs> I have lots of other great customers too. Okay. They're just one of them. Okay. So um, the, the unique opportunity that we have is to establish, maintain and cultivate our own culture for Cielo, but also align with the company's culture. So our mantra is we become you. So we, our teams are fully dedicated. They've got to be aligned to the company's culture. They talk the talk. They want, they know how to help people understand what it's like to work because some of them sit on site with those customers. Right. And so that culture balancing is, uh, is definitely a a unique situation and it's not always in perfect balance like anything else. Right. So sometimes we have teams that get real focused on the company side, the client side, as opposed to ours, but here's how we pull it back. I mean, there's a few things, but the one tip that I'll tell you that is something we do better than anything else I've ever seen in my career 
is called Values in Motion. So we have five core values in our company. They happen to start with letters H-I-T-O-P, which make up high top. So two things, our values, we start every single internal meeting. We have a couple thousand employees. Every single internal meeting, no matter how high level or the most small team meeting that exists with values in motion. We spend five minutes with people sharing stories about how they've seen and experienced others living out our values. So one of our values, you'll be surprised, is high performing. That's what the H stands for. And so, but to be high performing in a company full of a whole bunch of high performing people, I mean, we're not talking about you went the extra mile and stayed an extra hour to talk to a candidate, right? Like it's big stuff. But anyway, so somebody will tell a story of how, um, how those values were lived out loud. And so not only does that really cement what our culture is, right? People are talking about it. People are experiencing it. It also gives us a great recognition opportunity. So I have a team of a few hundred people. I wish I knew them all by face and name every day. And I don't, that's actually one of my least favorite things about my level of leadership. But I take time every single leadership meeting that I'm in, when I hear values in motion, I take the time to send a note to that person that I heard it about, send it to their boss. If they're not my portfolio, like they're not part of my leadership team say, Hey, this is what I heard about you. I heard you're living out this value. This is how you're doing it. And I just wanted to say thank you. That's actually something I started doing in the last year since I haven't been traveling. And I hesitated doing it because I didn't know if it was sustainable. I have to think all the time when I do something, can I sustain do it? Or is that going to be like one shot in the sky? Right. Um, if I had known the dividends that would pay, how much people would get from that, I would have started it years ago. I'm going to tell you another thing that we do with our values, um, and not that yours are going to be high tops, but it is the foundation of our recognition system. So four times a year, we have quarterly meetings. All the leaders get to submit nominations for high top awards, and you literally get high tops. We suggest purple because purple is our company color, but you get to order them from the store. You can get customized high tops, anything you want. But really, truly, we know what our values are. We talk about how we live them. And then we give visual recognition for the people that do the greatest job there. So you left out some letters. So you said H, high top, uh, high yeah. performance. Let's go. Let's go. What's the, yep. what's the, uh, what's the I? Uh, innovative. Okay. T. Trust, trustworthy. Uh, o. Open-minded. P. Personal. Perfect. So personal is that whole bringing your whole self to work. Love it. We need you to follow our system, follow our processes. We've got a methodology, right, for how we deliver service, but we want you to be who you are and bring your whole self to it. How do you know when you, it's the right person to hire for you? <sighs> Kelly, I, that's I, a really I, got, hard I got good questions, Cassie. I got good. I got them all day, baby. I'm here all day. I'm here all day, every day. So I spent 24 years in recruiting. I should know exactly how to do that. It is as much art as it is science. Yes. And so knowing the right person to hire, I'm actually going through this experience. So we are hiring um, uh, a, a role on my leadership team that is arguably the most important hire I'll make all of 2021. And um, part of how I'm going to make sure we hire the right person is I've brought in a panel of people that I really trust 
to help me as one of the people does the same job. So to help me assess the ins and outs, the day to day, how you do the job. Um, one of them is my boss and I actually really value her input. I don't just need her to sign off on it. Um, but I've also brought in a, a couple of other people to the process who can really, for us, like I actually, we have a top candidate at this point and I have no doubt that she can do the job, but how she'll do the job is the secret sauce. That's our culture, right? That is, you know, we certainly ask questions without saying, well, tell me about a time that you were innovative, right? We ask questions that align to our values um, to help understand those things. But the biggest thing that I do is just get other people involved in the process to help us assess not just technical fit, but really that culture fit and how you go about doing it. You and ask a ton of references. So a lot of people don't do references anymore. But this whole world is about networking. And so you better believe that she works in the industry. And so we're asking all sorts of questions and not just of the people that uh, she suggested we talk to. So Cassie, I'm a huge nuance person. I've been studying people for my, my, pretty much my whole life. And <laughs> so I love to be able to pick up on certain things that I see and I can, I mean, generally it can tell, like if you pick up a couple of nuances, um, it, it generally will tell the story of the person, um, a lot deeper than a lot of times conversation things like that. What are some of the nuances that you're looking for when a person walks in that you can know before they even sit down before, or maybe a word that they say, whatever it is that, you know, you're not, we're not rolling here. You're not going to be listening to Kid Rock wearing purple high tops and uh, being in the most high performance, uh, medium sized business in the world. Okay. So first things first, I mean, listen, I'm looking for people who aren't like me. Take that song thing as an example. So my leadership team last year, when we did one of our meetings, everybody submitted their hype song. Like what's your song? If you were going to walk in and, uh, I was shocked at what's the worst one. What's the worst one that you heard the song? Tell us the song. Well, I don't remember the song because this is almost two years ago now, Kelly, but it was someone who submitted a gangster rap song. Then she didn't know any of the lyrics. And I was like, did you just say that? Cause you think somebody else wanted you to say that? Um, somebody Lionel Richie, come on. Like Lionel (laughs) Richie is your hype song. Um, anyway, what Lionel Richie song is going to get you hyped? Which one? I, I don't know. I'd have to pull up to the playlist. I don't even it, know. Okay. It, so here's the thing. We don't regularly use that playlist because there was all sorts of profanity in it. Okay. And that is not necessarily, I don't want to be offending people, but yeah, I shared it. Everybody that was their input. So, so that's a gr- great example though. Going back to your question, like, how do you know, I don't need somebody that's going to listen to the same music. I need somebody who finds a way to, a way to get to the same intensity. And so I don't know if I have as many nuances that would rule something, someone out mm-hmm. as I do what would bring you in. And so what would bring you in is if you can be real, if you can, um, if you talk about the not so good stuff, if you talk about mistakes, if you talk about um, when you wish you'd done it differently, if you do that bonus points, if I don't have to probe to get that, um, Another thing for me is really just about what kind of adversity have you faced? Some people have had a really blessed life. 
like my children right now. My middle schooler doesn't seem to think it's a blessed life. Um, he thinks we're the worst parents on earth, but I mean, they are living an idyllic childhood. And so I'm not going to rule somebody out for that, but you got to have had some adversity. If you have faced adversity, personally, professionally, however it shows up, if you faced adversity, then you've generally got grit and grit is like the secret ingredient that you can do the kind of work, the line of work that I'm in. Everybody's there's great job match out for you. It's just the mat out there for you. It's just figuring out what the right match is. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, now's the time to do some shameless promotion. This episode is brought to you by Squeeze Dried, a delicious, no-hassle way to get superfoods, vitamins, and nutrition. SqueezeDried.com. It's also brought to you by Cardenas Law Group, a high-level boutique law firm for all your personal injury needs. That's CardenasLawGroup.com. Thank you so much again for listening. Hopefully, you're continuing to enjoy the episode. So let's talk about that grit, like, uh, you know, obviously from you, you know, getting into uh, Michigan State for a penny, um, you know, going through, uh, you know, uh, having your, your parents split up at, a, or at an early age, there was a ton of adversity that you had, and it builds this grit over time, right? This, mm-hmm. this grit. And what I found with grit is it's nothing more than a grandiose purpose, something that you can't even fathom, having that grandiose purpose, having the resolve to be able to separate the reality from what you actually want, having ingenuity when you hit challenges, and then having mm-hmm. the tenacity to hold on, right? Mm-hmm. So... I read that in your book last year. I hadn't, I had forgotten about it. How, how do you manufacture grit? Because you just talked about two little guys, my little nephews that Mm. you're saying they live a privileged life. How are you creating environments that, that, because I need to know this. I got kids that ain't Uh living in a one bedroom apartment with five people. Like when, when I was growing up. So how Mm -hmm. are you doing this? And you know, can we quote you on this and uh, hold you accountable if our kids don't turn out well? <laughs> uh, for sure. Hey, I'm equally vested in Maddox and McKenna, so that's fine. You can quote me on it. Um, the first thing, it goes back to one of those G's, which is be super generous with your time, talents, and resources. Like, get out there and serve people and do it with your kids. Now, that has looked different in the last year because of the pandemic, but literally when we moved to Michigan, I don't was that seven years ago? I said, I'm not getting involved in a new volunteer effort until I find something we can do with the boys. And so the boys being intimately involved um, in seeing and being with people that have a life that is completely different than theirs. But that's only part of it. I'm pretty sure Noah doesn't remember any of that right now because he's literally been lamenting about how horrible his life is. And so I'm pretty sure all that exposure, every single month he volunteers, is lost on them right now. So the other thing is um, giving them the opportunity to go through the really hard stuff. And as a mom, that is painful. Whether it is the, you know, kids not saying nice things, kids not being inclusive, um, kids, it actually, you know, goes all the way back to um, when Noah was in kindergarten. That was when we first moved to Michigan, actually. He started school here. And in the spring of that year, I found out that he was being bullied on the bus. And I was shocked because you've met Noah. Like, 
if I was going to pick out a kid who was going to get bullied, I really didn't think it would be him. And the way that I found out was by accident. It was by listening because he really, really did not want to wear this winter hat to school. And I was like, dude, you got to wear a hat. Like, come on. And the hat I was trying to get him to wear was an Indianapolis Colts hat because he came from Indiana and he likes Colts and he was a Peyton Manning guy. And he desperately didn't want to wear it. And so I came up with, okay, then find another hat and you can wear it. So fast forward in the conversation, what was happening to my kindergartner, damn it, was people were making fun of him. As soon as he got on the bus, somebody would take the hat and they would throw the hat. It, there was description from him of at one point him being shoved down between the seats and people like this on his head. So you know how Andrew wanted to handle that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely had a whole lot of mama bear going on in that situation. But the truth of the matter is the way that we handled it, talking through it was not our first reaction of handling it, but was use your voice, mm. stand up for yourself. Because Noah, it, he does, but here's what was going on. He's loud in a normal situation. When you've got third, fourth, and fifth graders and you are a kindergartner, that feels like giants of the world. And he wasn't using his voice loudly. And it resolved itself. There was some other stuff over these shorts his mom bought that she thought were really cool that spring that he also would not wear to school because apparently people made fun of him for that. <laughs> Andrew would tell you that one was my fault. Um, but it was really, so teach them what I wanted to do. We got the name of the kid that seemed to be the ringleader and we didn't know them well, the family, but we knew them. There was a whole lot of discussion about going over and having a conversation like, Hey, your kid needs to not be a punk to my kid. Well, I'm glad we didn't do it for two reasons. The first reason is because teaching Noah to use his own voice is what will last through time, not us going and fixing it for him. The second reason is that kid's name was Lucas. The Lucas we were thinking of the whole time is not the Lucas that it turned out to be. <laughs> so if we had gone over to that family's house, it would have been mortifying to figure out that that actually wasn't even the kid. It was a different kid named Lucas. Wow. So tell me, tell me about, um, some of the lessons. Cause I mean, you've been around McKenna. McKenna is wise beyond her years. Um, mm -hmm. she loves her aunt Cassie so much <laughs> and she has taught me so much that I apply in, in, in my business. Mm -hmm. And so talk to us about you observing and, and obviously being, I mean, you're, you're in a high powered position and you're a very, very involved mother. And most of the time those things don't mix. It's like, you know, a person almost checks out, Oh, I'm going and I'm providing. So then I don't have to do these things. What I love about you and why I wanted to have you on the show again is because you play both roles at a high level. You go hard in the paint with your kids. You go hard in the paint in the boardroom. Um, but what are some of the lessons that Noah, like that, that, uh, you know, that they're teaching you, that your kids are teaching you, that then you're taking in to business and give us a specific example of it. Yeah. So let me think, I mean, the first thing I'll say is I actually don't have a high power position, but I have a high influence position, right? Okay. I have the opportunity to influence so much for my clients, for my team. And if I did it from a position of power, I would not have the success that I've had. So figuring out that shift, especially because remember, I already confessed to you that I've got some OCD and I like 
really like things done in a specific way. And so getting okay with not just powering through. Um, but if we shift, I actually, so have you seen the movie, The Most Beautiful Thing? So it is a documentary about an, the first all-black rowing team out of the west side of Chicago. Okay. And it is great. I just watched it recently, so check it out. Um, but one of the quotes that I took, so it's great for a lot of reasons because it doesn't just tell you the story and like, oh, it changed these kids' lives and everything was perfect. It follows them and shows you the parts that still aren't perfect, but how that experience continues to shape them. But there's a quote from that movie that I literally can't get out of my head every day. It is you, you have to see it to be it. Mm. And I have definitely learned that I found a way. I didn't know how I was going to do it when I was pregnant with Noah, my first, right? But I found a way to balance that like you're talking about. And I feel an enormous responsibility to help other people see that, to see how that's possible, that you can have a great career. You can be super successful and still be a great mom and that you can have a whole lot of responsibility and a big job title, but do it when it's not from a position of power, for example. So, um, if I think about, I mean, to be real, I think anyone who's a parent knows if you're paying any attention, your kids teach you lessons every single day. Um, the lessons from Austin, you know, much like Maddox and McKenna, the boys are completely different, right? Like they just, how they operate in this world. Um, and Austin's definitely a little more like Maddox, right? So he marches to the beat of his own drum. He um, sees the world from such uh, an optimistic, happy place and sees the best in everything. So cultivating over time, this superpower that I now have, he's helped that for the last 11 years because listen, there's a lot of crappy stuff that's happened in my life. I mean, you were given that list earlier. You forgot like losing my baby sister when she was 17. Like that is like game changing. Right. Um, and it wasn't always that I was like, well, just see the good in everything. It's there. If you'll look hard enough, it is taking time to get to that point. And Austin has helped. The other thing Austin has really helped me to do is to step back and enjoy the journey. It is not all about where we're trying to get to go. That kid enjoys every moment of his life, um, including a bowl of ice cream every single day. Like he just doesn't, um, he, he, he really enjoys it. And so bringing that to work, um, we are a very high performing company. We have, really high expectations for our people. There's a lot of competitive people, but not everyone. Um, we're also very collaborative. And so being able to um, meet people where they are, when they take a road, that's a lot different than, than the one that I would take. Um, Noah, um, Noah, right at this moment, you're probably picking up on we're going through some challenges with him. Like this is like big parenting moment opportunity in middle school. Um, patience because that kid is so smart and he's always five steps ahead of me. And so being super patient and hearing him out, being able to, 
um, hear them out. And that's, listen, if I were going to say, what do I need to be better at in life and at work is sometimes I'm a really good listener and sometimes I'm really patient, but it takes a lot of work. That is not my natural DNA. Um, and I care, I care very deeply about the people that I work with. Um, but he's my kid. And so it just forces me to like really truly take a step back and, uh, and be more patient and, uh, and how I handle things. Cassie in a culture that's so high performance in what you're doing. And I apologize if, uh, you know, if you got offended when I said you had a power position, but I'm just, I, I, I brag about you. I mean, I brag about you because like, you know, it, it, what, what I love about it is no matter what you ever do, um, in your career, that, that part doesn't affect me. It's who you are. And, you know, but it, I mean, you're a senior vice president, of, I mean, a, wildly, I mean, if not one of the most successful uh, hiring company or, you know, staffing companies in the world. And I just, I think that it's incredible. So a person in that, how important to your culture is it that that person have a good home life? Not That's- even a little bit important. So, um, it makes it easier if things go well at home. Right. But I think, listen, most of the people who are successful in our company have faced some adversity. Some it's the adversity that they faced right now with a home life. And listen, the pandemic has just amped it up uh, in terms of what people are trying to deal with. But people who didn't have an amazing home life growing up or even where they are right now, um, that, that breeds some grit, some determination and compassion, empathy that help them to be successful in our environment. So listen, I'm not like looking for people who have a really crappy home life, but if you've been through stuff like that, then you know. What's the best thing that a husband can do for their wife? I mean, cook for me, make me amazing food all the time. <laughs> hey, that's cheating. Uh, that's cheating because your husband is the best cook in the world. <laughs> I mean, that, that's gonna that, that's some chump stuff. I mean, your your husband is like, well, he's gonna be on the podcast soon, and mm-hmm. that guy's food is when we talk about next level. He's not even on the same planet. Okay, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I we we talk about these things. I just got a chance to talk about or talk to David Meltzer. And, um, you know, David Meltzer, I asked him, I said, how important is it to love your wife? And he talked about the importance of that being everything that wrapped around his whole entire business. And we're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in his Mm -hmm. business. How, like, what is the, what's the most important thing that either a husband can do for the wife? I'm, I'm speaking to that because Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you could speak to that from, from experience. So what is that, you know? It's, well, it's a two-way street, but it is support unconditionally and flex along the way. I mean, listen, I, it's also really important that my boys see that my husband loves me, right, and supports me. Like, they need to see their mom being respected. Um, but the way that shows up for us, candidly, is not just uh, Andrew has supported my career unequivocally, right? Um, including there was a point in time, not by choice, but I was traveling 90% and Austin was not even a year old and he had colic and it was horrible. He has, Andrew definitely had the short end of the stick. And so um, supporting me through all of that, 
um, supporting us. But what we talk to the boys about is, listen, we love each other. We support each other. That does not mean we share the same brain. We don't think exactly the same on every topic. Now, if something comes up and it's like related to the boys and we're kind of getting to a moment, like maybe we weren't seeing the same way. We literally like, Hey, mom and dad need to get aligned on that. So we're just open about it. It doesn't happen. At least for us, it's not magical that we've been together now for almost 20 years. And so we see the same on everything, but it is, it's a journey and a process, right? So you've got to be willing to flex, but we also talk to the boys about, you know, we don't always vote for all the same candidates, right? Like voting is a really important responsibility that you have, but that does not mean that we vote for all the same candidates. Um, but have good open dialogue. The other thing I would say that Andrew specifically does for me is I'm stubborn. I make most decisions very quickly. I take in the information I need. I make the decision and then I stand very firm in that decision. And he pushes on stuff like that. Not a lot of it. He chooses what's important. But again, I'll use the basement example. I think we spent two years disagreeing about doing the basement. And I'm like, listen, we have a big house. We have plenty of space. We do not need a finished basement. That is gluttonous. It is unnecessary. Like, why are we going to do this? Do you know the happiest person? Do you know when our basement got finished? Like the first of March last year, two weeks before the global pandemic started. It's like the greatest thing that we've ever done is that we finished the basement. There's this whole room where the boys can go and like play video games. That got a sliding door and we just close the door and can do our own thing. I mean, it literally, and so that's just one example, but he definitely pushes me um, when I need to be pushed to think about something differently. Well, Cassie, you know why I started the podcast. It was for two two reasons. Number one is Maddox. Number two is McKenna. Uh, Maddox is now nine years old, and I can't believe, and if you remember this, when we had you on the show, it, it literally was when the pandemic started. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one year episode, uh, you know, when we recorded your first episode. Um, mm-hmm. So Maddox, who's nine, he was eight at the time. He's now 12. Uh, and then McKenna, who's 12. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to be able to take, I mean, you're iconic because you're Aunt Cassie anyway, but, uh, but mm-hmm. also too them understanding and knowing how highly influential. Do you like that one better? How highly influential of a position that you have in a company that really moves the world. Like really, really, really moves the world. And you're like, oh, I'm humble. But I wanted to make sure that I take people like yourself and that they see that Aunt Cassie is not a superhero, that she doesn't have like some crazy thing running through her veins except the normal blood that everyone has. And she has breath in her lungs like everybody else. Um, the, the uncommon thing that she has is a phenomenal attitude and great work ethic and the ability to be able to hold on to the rope. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to Maddox and McKenna? If you could look into the screen and mm-hmm. use both of their names, this would be awesome. Ah, uh, well, first of all, Maddox and McKenna, I cannot wait to see you again. I realize Maddox will probably not let me give him a huge hug and embrace, but I know McKenna will. So McKenna, <laughs> I'm coming for you. Um, in terms of advice, love yourself, love everyone around you and believe that anything is possible because I believed really, really big stuff when I was a kid, but that's nothing like what I have now. Like, so keep, keep dreaming bigger, 
you, you can be anything in the world. You can have any impact and it doesn't have to be that you have the most influential job. If what you want to do is like roam the streets of Costa Rica, helping people on the beach, then do that. Like you can do anything. Um, just love yourself and love everybody around you. Well, Cassie, you have been absolutely phenomenal, mind blowing. I love the fact that I did not prompt you, which I, I never do. <laughs> Um, because I want to, I want to on this podcast, I, I want to have real conversations and I want to be able to expose who the person is as opposed to the script that they write down. And mm -hmm. that's what I've been finding as we, as we move along. And I want to thank every single person out there for listening. I want to thank you for the support, but what I want to ask you for, and I haven't asked for before is if you found value in this, which I know all of you did, uh, I want mm -hmm. you to share it with a friend. I want you to reach out to a friend right now. I want you to pass the link on to them and let them know that honestly, like these these conversations can really, really impact their life in such a positive way. But um, Cassie, you have been incredible. I thank you for being on and I'm going to ask for a, a third episode too. Kelly, thank you so much for having me. It was really great to chat with you today. Perfect. You're officially off the hot seat. So make sure that you okay. subscribe, you uh, click the links, do all the things. And uh, uh, we appreciate you listening to Kelly Cardenas podcast.